0: Welcome to You Get a Rose. I'm your host Hannah W, and I'm your co-host Miss J Ike Diggs. We're here to talk to you about the hometown. It was hometown. We didn't actually get to go anywhere, but we certainly did get to see three crappy dates and one expensive one.
1: But folks were creative, were yes. they not?
0: I feel like it was a definite step up from La Quinta.
1: Yeah, they're try- they're learning how to do this COVID thing. I know. It was
0: <laughs> looking back at Tasha's season, I just feel so sad for the things that she went through. But you know what? Through all that, she came out with like a, what seems to be a very true love relationship with somebody who is like a normal person with good qualities. It seems like she and Zach are doing well. Have you been following them? I've been following them. Taysha seems happy. Zach seems happy. They seem like a cute couple. So maybe it worked out to have kind of like a low-budget season.
1: (laughs) I mean, maybe it did because there were very few distractions.
0: Mm -hmm. None of the glitz and the glam. You know I'm always going to be Team Ivan. I know. I know. You know what? I'm guessing we're really going to see a lot of Ivan because he seems to be soaking up the spotlight. Is he? (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying he is like a media darling but i am saying he's a media darling he really likes to be on the social meds i mean i bet it's just shocking for
1: all of a sudden people to listen to what you're saying
0: yeah you you know true.
1: like i wore a new shirt today and people are like
0: yay you're so handsome <laughs> he's like
1: i had a thought
0: you like, yes
1: we want to hear it Tell us more, you know, so... Yeah, that's true. I don't blame him.
0: It's just, you know, don't don't forget that he was, like, a rocket scientist before all this happened. Mm-hmm. So maybe he should stick with that because I feel like we need rocket scientists to do their job.
1: <laughs> hey, nobody says he can't do both.
0: I mean, right. Maybe let's he not, can.
1: Let's not put him into a box.
0: I'm just trying to, like, not discourage, like, women or people of color from, t- you know, for... to from Being in STEM, <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> let's keep you. I mean, that seems like a great place for you to be as a rocket scientist. Like, influencer is like that job is already that I feel like that pool is full. Well, you know what?
1: He can um, influence on the side, and I'm sure he's still <laughs> very diligent with his rocket, rocket science.
0: <laughs> but uh, I get it. In, in other Bachelor uh, drama, I guess, from last season. Claire and Dale broke up, as we talked about. Well mm-hmm. now they're both they're both been posting pictures from the same location. So like there's Oh dear. Yeah, they might be on vacation together. I don't know. Maybe well, they're back together. Who knows? You know what, Claire? You do you. Mm-hmm.
1: Boo boo. Like
0: mm-hmm. if this is and I
1: I mean that in a non condescending way. <laughs> Marriage isn't for everybody. That's true. Long-term, sustained commitment is not for everybody. <laughs> so perhaps they're just going to have an on-again, off-again thing. And if they can make that work, I'm all for it.
0: Great. I don't. It doesn't really seem to work for that many people, but I hope it does for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not explicitly poly. You know what I mean? They haven't agreed upon any terms. I they just keep breaking up. I know. <laughs> I just wanna look at it.
1: I just wanna look at it from a different perspective, That's rather very than just nice of you. bashing the two of them, which is what my instinct tells me. Yeah, to do. what ch- like, what
0: changed for you?
1: That was a very silly decision you both made. <laughs> but who am I to say that it can't work out?
0: Right. It's maybe worked out for others before, but not that many. You know, there's I just have- not a great track record from this show. <laughs>
1: Maybe I have turned over a new leaf. I don't know.
0: It is a. I don't know what the weather's like there, but it's really nice in Minnesota today. So it's like forty, 40 degrees. So maybe I, maybe it's turning over a new leaf season.
1: I'm feeling like supporting our bachelor couples wholeheartedly today.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm here for it. I <laughs> I will say this going into this week's episode, and I don't know if anything has changed yet. Well, I have to see how the season goes on. Mm-hmm. But. Like I don't know that I could keep doing this about this show. Here and here's why I have to say this. Okay,
1: describe my face right now to our listeners.
0: Ah, shock and I aw. am shocked. Jaw dropped. I
1: never <laughs> would have thought I would hear those words come out of Hannah W's mouth.
0: Like okay, I've always known this show has had a problem with race with misogyny, it's heteronormative, mm. it's got a mm. lot of issues. Mm-hmm. But, Ableism. It, oh, yes. So many things. Prettyism. Prettyism. <laughs> Thin privilege. There's a the lot of things going on. on here. Right. But now, like, the way that they have botched this season, mm. where they attempted to do the first Black Bachelor, and they attempted to have 25 women of color appear on the show, up until this point, I've been able to live in this show as if it's like a fantasy world where I don't have any stakes in it, emotional stakes in it, and I don't really care what happens to the people. It's just for fun. Sure. And I've never really cared if anyone, I mean, I hate to say it, I've never really cared if anyone got hurt mm. in the process, because they mm-hmm. were just TV show people to me. True. But this this season, last season, even, I could, I could argue five years ago on Rachel's season, but then, you know, that was such a blip. It happened and then they just pretended like, Oh, okay, well we did it once. We had one black woman on the show. It's it's fine, it's over now. Check. Now they're like, All right, we're gonna do this historic first black bachelor and they kept saying, Historic first black bachelor. It's historic, it's gonna happen. We're gonna bring on twenty-five women of color and then we're gonna give them no screen time, no Mm -hmm. story time. We're gonna highlight horrific white women doing horrible things to each other, to themselves. To us as audience members, we're going to put this woman on the show. Who it would have been very easy easy to figure out. She's actively racist
1: mm-hmm.
0: and engaging in all sorts of activities that would be extremely damaging to somebody that she was in a relationship with if that person was not white. Right. They put her on the show without doing any research. Then Chris Harrison, uh, I guess the the whole the, to me it indicates the whole staff went into the season without. Any training, any understanding, any conversation, they were just like, okay, we're just going to do this. So now we have this, a show where not only is Matt James hurting from this, mm-hmm. where his reputation is now, I mean, I'm sure people are calling him into question for picking Rachel, even though he didn't know these things. He's learning them in real time as we did. But you and I, we've called him into question many times, right? He's not looking yes. good in the season. Though three women of color that made it to the finale – have hardly gotten we have no story about them before they arrived that's right. here that's right before hometowns and we're still not really getting much story about them. and I read this statistic last week that said that um Sarah Trost had had more screen time the one who sent herself home on episode three has had more screen time than any of the final three final four mm. women of color. So Rachel's had plenty, but Sarah, who isn't even on the show anymore had more screen time than any of the other 3 women that right. were on the hometowns. Right. So that's why I say that.
1: So you're having a hard time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're saying that because for these reasons you may not be able to stomach another season of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette.
0: That's that's what I'm feeling. Wow. It, I think it would have to be there would have to be there has to be some changes that are like marked, you know, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. not just who's on the show anymore cuz that Yeah. Proved to not work. Yeah. So, first of all, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like annoyed. I'm frustrated by it. But and I, I feel know like...
1: how much you love this show, and it's just a big disappointment, right? It's a disappointment.
0: Um, you know, white
1: supremacy, white supremacy going gone white supremacy. <laughs> right. And it's going to find a way to do it. Um, I think you're making an excellent point about the limits of representation Mm -hmm. you know we can say well we're gonna put this black man in this position and we're gonna get all these women of color and this is going to be radical this is gonna be (laughs) radical change for abc (laughs) but now we're seeing that it's really not radical it's the same um stereotypes bleeding in Folks' folk story it's the same desire to focus on the tragedy surrounding Mm -hmm. all of the folks of color and you know folks like abigail and folks like sarah right Yep. um but yeah representation for representation's sake does not do anything to change the structures or the ideologies that made you know representation less desirable in the mm-hmm. past mm-hmm. it's still that it's the same undercurrents um of racism and just pigeonholing folks of color and whereas before we were saying well there's no place for them on a show like this now we're saying okay to appease the moment the moments that we're in right now mm-hmm. we're gonna put them in these positions but as you're picking up on, and we've actually talked about this throughout right. the season, right. um, you know, it's about more than phenotype. Yep. Change, systemic change is about is about more than whose face we're putting in which position. And yeah, we're still seeing a lot of the same problematics. And I I agree with you. I don't think that. I'm going to allow you to throw in the towel just yet. <laughs> Thanks,
0: buddy. Because yeah. yes. you know, I'm not. Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to be like I, as a white person, can't stomach this anymore. Yeah. What? I, but I, what I'm saying is like, what can I say? What can yeah. I say anymore? It feels so flippant to be like. And then they went skydiving because it's like, wait, 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 wait. The problem here is that what we actually saw in hometowns is yeah. that one woman got a really expensive skydiving date she showed no personality she was extremely boring kind of distant and she got the only I'm falling in love with you and then we got to see three other women who got like two bicycles one got a playground like a a a a picnic in a field (laughs) you know what I'm saying like we're talking about cheap crappy dates I understand you know and it's just like that's the story we're seeing yeah well,
1: I think for me, maybe the reason why I find it humorous, I don't know, this, this season's been a roller coaster, Hannah, yes, with has. you and I. Yes, it has. Because I'm laughing today, but there have been moments <laughs> this season where I haven't been laughing, right? That's right. So I think for me, I try to detach myself from that quite a bit so that I can sort of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because if I really focused on, um, you know, the issues that you're pointing out, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. How you know? could you watch
0: most TV, honestly?
1: Yeah. So for me this has just been fun. I know it's going to be superficial and glib and I I really try to and I'm not always successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: But I, I try to, you know, just focus on the entertainment of it and not structural inequity. Okay. <laughs> It would almost hurt
0: too much if but you, you did. Know what
1: last? I was singing an entirely different tune. Yeah, last last, last week. week. So <laughs> you're just in a like good said, mood to embrace love. It's a, it's a roller coaster, <laughs> but everything you're pointing out is accurate from my perspective as well.
0: Did you see? Did you read Matt's statement? I didn't have a chance to yet. Okay, that's okay. Can you I will tell read me what it said. I will read it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Matt James made a statement last night. Mm-hmm. I saw it on TMZ, I'm not sure where he originally posted it, about the controversy with Chris Harrison and Rachel Kirkconnell, the Rachel mm-hmm. that's on the season. So this is what he said. The past few weeks have been some of the most challenging of my life, and while there are several episodes of this left of the season, it is important that I take the time to address the troubling information that has come to light since we wrapped filming including the incredibly disappointing photos of Rachel Clark Connell and the interview between Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison. The reality mm-hmm. is that I'm learning about these situations in real time and it has been devastating and heartbreaking, to put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. Chris's failure to receive and understand the emotional labor that my friend Rachel Lindsay was taking on by graciously and patiently explaining the racist history of the antebellum South, a painful history that every American should understand intimately, was troubling and painful to watch. As black people and allies immediately knew and understood, it was a clear reflection of a much larger issue that the Bachelor franchise has fallen short on addressing adequately for years. This moment has sparked critical conversations and reporting, raised raised important questions, and resulted in inspiring displays of solidarity from the Bachelor nation. It has also pushed me to reevaluate and process what my experience on The Bachelor represents, not just for me, but for all the contestants of color, especially the black contestants of this season and seasons past, and for you, the viewers at home. I will continue to process this experience, and you will hear more from me in the end. My greatest prayer is that this is an inflection point that results in real and institutional change for the better. Mm. That just made me realize I might need reading glasses. (laughs) I'm like... Smallest text I've ever read. <laughs> what are your takes on that statement hmm. just from hearing it one time through? Yeah, well,
1: my first response is that there will be no real systemic change, the uh-huh. systemic change that he's asking for and that he's hoping for.
0: Okay,
1: yeah. Um, we, we just won't... That's not a priority of ABCs. ABC's not about systemic change. So, first of all, let's... It's a great, it's nicely worded. Um, I heard incredibly disappointing. He's disappointed in Chris. He stood behind Rachel Lindsay. Um, sounds you know, like he's, he's also disappointed a,
0: in, in Rachel Kirkconnell. Uh,
1: yeah, and it sounds like he he's very troubled by her actions. Mm-hmm. So I thought the statement's very nice. It's very clean. Um, it's to the point And it clearly states his position. I would add that. As we've pointed out throughout the season, all you really need to do is ask your potential girlfriends a handful of questions to find out. (laughs) He could have known this before. Who they are, right? So I'm kind of wondering, I'm not wondering, I know why he didn't find out until after taping, Mm -hmm. because all they do is go skydiving and, you know, have picnics. They never really get to the nitty gritty of their values, I So I know why. He well, and he doesn't so now, seem
0: but. to, at least with Rachel. It does seem like he gets more to the nitty gritty with the other women. At least with Bree and with Michelle. They were asking him some pretty specific questions yeah. related to his values. Yeah. Or like Lauren, who, who went home a while ago, but she was like, I am very Christian. Is that what type of Christian you right. are? You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it seems like she, he's kept so surface level with Rachel. How could he but know?
1: But it's, mm-hmm. And... That a lot of that prompting has come from the women.
0: Yeah, absolutely, you know, and, and not Rachel's from not going to. Ta- yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: And he, you know, had, he's had plenty of opportunities. I mean, at, Rachel's the only white woman left, so yep. I think you know, if I were in that position as a black woman and say I have three black men left or three men of color and then one white man, I am going to have my eye on the white dude. You know, I'm going to ask the white dude some questions that I'm probably not going to ask some of the other contestants to find out what type of white person they yeah. are, right? And he never took the time to do that. We've seen all of his connections, the ones that he feels are very deep and meaningful, seem very superficial to mm-hmm. us as the viewer, mm-hmm. which has been confusing. So all of that, all of that is to say I am... I'm surprised that Matt's surprised.
0: Yeah. It he well, didn't do especially his after hometowns, because I don't know, I'm sorry. Rachel's dad was super controlling. And I feel like if I was in that situation and the dad was speaking about <clears throat> speaking about and to Rachel in the way that he was, I would have some questions. Like, is this the family mm-hmm, I want to jump into? Mm-hmm. And what kind of white person is this? And you know, what does this mean about this family? Yeah. Versus this, these other families where they were like, we respect our daughters, we love them, we take care of them, we we expect that they will make the decisions that are right for them and will support them the whole way. Right. Those were families where it's like, oh, okay, I inherently share values with these people because they right. care about the child and they want the child to have independence and freedom.
1: Mm. Yeah, Rachel's dad was not about it. And... We don't know a lot about Rachel's dad. We know the little bit of research that you've done. Right. You know, you said he was a major supporter. Uh, he's He supports funding for the Republican Party, I think you said. Yeah,
0: specifically for Trump.
1: For specifically Trump, Specifically
0: right. for a, a super PAC that contributes to Trump.
1: Okay. Yeah, so we know that little bit about him. And his disapproval of the relationship was kind of couched in this disapproval for the process Mm -hmm. and so i wonder you know if it's a little bit of both if it's that she brought a black man home um if he really did just think it was entirely too soon and race didn't play an issue which i highly doubt but we do see that yes he's very controlling and that he very much does not want his daughter to be in this situation no
0: no he wants her out and he doesn't Mm -hmm. believe that she could be in love and maybe it's based on the fact that she demonstrates absolutely nothing, personality-wise or emotions-wise, to indicate that she might be.
1: But she didn't want to hear it. Nope. She continued. She kind of cut him off. She didn't really want him to finish his They points. were interrupting each other a lot. Mm-hmm. So weird. So, you, so there was a lot to that dynamic. But I actually wanted to ask you. Okay. I wanted to ask you if you think it's possible to fall in love with somebody in this amount of time.
0: So I actually, I do. And okay. he, and this is why I say it. Okay. From my yeah. personal experience, I had, uh, you know, been in, I've only been in a few long term relationships and a lot okay. of little ones that mm-hmm. didn't last very long or that I wasn't interested in maintaining. Sure. And for myself, like in my own experience, I can tell right away pretty quickly on if this is somebody I'm going to be interested in even pursuing any sort of relationship style something with of course like I haven't really ever gotten into relationships that lasted for 3 months you know what I mean either it's it's like one night two nights or it's 3 years I got you. There is no in-between for me. And for myself, it's because I can just tell right away if this is going to be worth pursuing or not. And Mm -hmm. because I feel like I can tell right away, then I let myself get into it fast. If I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is really worth pursuing. So, you know, the person I'm married to, when we met, I had been single for a little while and he had been too. And I was like, not really looking for anything serious. We met and I was like, shoot, this is the, darn it, this is the one. (laughs) Or like at least. Shucks. It's going to be serious. And, uh, yeah, we, we moved in together three months later, Mm -hmm. of course, and and we're married now. We have to have a child. So I'm not saying that that's how it works for everybody. I do think that some people feel like they can discern that quickly. And some people need more time. Some people are slower burns and they need to figure it out. So I think depending on who you are, you could certainly fall in love that fast, whether like obviously Claire falls in love overnight, but did, did she have the judgment to then find the right person to fall in love with. Right. No. So yes, I believe it can happen. Do I believe it happens in this environment? Yes. Do yeah. I believe it happens and lasts? Obviously not. Mm-hmm. Like the statistics say it doesn't. Yeah. Right. But of course they're in love because it's all they think about is Matt. All he thinks about is them. He has. He's just sitting there going, okay, who do I love more? He's not asking himself do i really like any of these women to this degree he's like okay who do i love the most right
1: and he's <laughs> thinking well michelle said this and i really like that but yeah. rachel did this and i re-, and he's doing that comparison game
0: and he's thinking i'm going to get engaged by the end of this so which one right. is it rather than should i get engaged right now am i even mm-hmm. in the right place in my life to get engaged
1: yeah I think it's really interesting that you answer that way because I was really thinking about this last night, especially during Rachel's date or when um, Matt met her family, mm-hmm. um, and her father was giving her all that pushback. I was one. I was asking myself, like, is it possible that they're in love? Um, and I think you're right that it really depends on each person individually. Mm-hmm. But and not to get too philosophical, but it also depends on what love is you know to each person because sometimes we think we're in love but it's a really deep infatuation with somebody yeah or it's just the circumstance like you have you all have eyes for matt because matt's the only man that you have seen besides chris harrison in the past six weeks and yeah he's giving you all this affirmation and so You know, and the the other piece of that is during, I think it was during Rachel's date, yeah, where she was sitting down with her mother and her mother was asking about red flags. Yeah. And Rachel said, no, there's no red flags. And her mother was like, wait, what? What do you mean there's no red flags? Like, we all have points of conflict and points of contention when we meet another person. And the fact that there are no red flags to her mother, it seemed that she was implying you don't know him well enough. I absolutely at this you point. Sh- Yes. Right?
0: So every Rachel person says she's
1: in love, but then her version of love or the way that she experiences love is so different than her parents' concept of what love can be. Right. You know, which is
0: different than yours, which is different than mine. So yeah, I was really kind of thinking through this last night. And she hasn't experienced it, as she say- as yeah. she stated. And right. There's also a difference between falling in love quickly and getting married quickly. Mm -hmm. Because marriage is also a legally binding institution. It's something we created for our levels of protection for the individuals in the marriage. And, like, honestly, it was created so that women became property. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that's Mm -hmm. what it was. So now it has a lot of legal implications like uh, I can choose how my husband, if my husband lives or dies, if he's on, you life know, support. life support. Yeah, I can choose what happens to his money. Does it go to me or does it go somewhere? Like those are, there's a lot of legal binding things to that. It's also not easy to get in or out of a marriage. It's at, well, it's pretty easy to get in. If you don't do a whole wedding, you can get in pretty easily. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not that easy to get out of one. Right. Divorce is a long and painful process that people go through. So, mm-hmm. even expensive. though yeah. Even though I don't ascribe to the sanctity of marriage, like as an institution, I don't, that's not how I ascribe to it. But I personally don't think it's smart to jump into a quick marriage. Hmm. Quick engagement. A legally
1: binding situation. Yeah.
0: Quick engagement, fine. That's up to you. It could be several years that you're engaged. It's just right. a certain level of commitments. That doesn't mean anything. But I wouldn't jump into a marriage too quick. <laughs> I may have moved right. in with Josh three months later, but we didn't get married for another six years. Yeah. So I was like, I need to know that you're like, I need to know what your credit score is. I need to know what kind of debt you have. I need to know how you manage your money. Like the important things that come with the big M.
1: Yeah, definitely. I need to know how you interact with your family.
0: I need to know how you interact with children because I want to have some.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh So, yeah, yeah. All of that is relevant and you know, there's like women on the show who I respect, like Michelle, mm-hmm. and they're also, you know, Michelle's also talking about how she's in love, and so mm-hmm. it's hard for me because I know I look at this and I make fun of it, and I'm I like, know. this is so silly. You're not in love, you're you're infatuated. You want to win this competition. Like the part of it's a competition too, yeah. right? So yes, you know, you can't say that the people's competitive nature doesn't oh, um, come it out obviously how they does express, right yeah because breathe.
0: Brie was, like, upset that she was the third rose.
1: Exactly. She was, like,
0: ranking herself in her head. And then I thought, I wonder what Rachel thinks about being the second rose, and I wonder what Michelle thinks about being the first rose. Like, I'm sure they're weighing that in their heads. like All the time. oh, the first one, that must be a signal that I'm actually in the lead or whatever.
1: But you know who is the most diehard competitor in my mind now after this week? Who? Rachel. Yeah. Like, that was a trump card. That was, the skydiving date yeah. was a, um, that was just like, I'm in this to win this. I'm going all out. Because I wonder, you know, as I sat down with the producers and they got to plan their hometown date, what was
0: communicated to them in terms of budget? And I, well, I, I can't tell because I feel like Serena's date was so sad. They, like, dressed up a conference room with Canadian flags and gave her some snacks, and then she got to play hockey in an already frozen ice rink. Like, Michelle got to bike around and then go into a conference room and Zoom with her students. Bree got to, like, be in a Jeep and then sit on a grassy area. And then Rachel gets to jump out of an airplane and pretend to be injured. (laughs) So my question was... We'll get to the injury in a moment. (laughs) I think that the producers plan ninety nine percent of the date. I want to know because
1: when they got to plan, did they tell them the sky's the limit? No pun intended. No,
0: I think that the producers were like, "Well, how about, uh, how about Serena? We just do kind of a bunch of Canadian stuff." And she was like, "Okay." And that then I think for nice. Rachel, they were like, "How about a skydiving date?" where you because they're trying to build this love story for them and obviously are and like obviously their bias comes out here right they pick the white girl to do the most like insane expensive date Mm -hmm. that also puts them people fall in love when they do risky things together we know that
1: that's right right We know that and as soon as
0: she got hurt he was like i just realized i love you like i just realized i can't live without you she's like Oh, really? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we saw the end of the show right there. He's picking yeah. Rachel. It's so obvious. He only told her he loves her. The other women said they lo- are falling in love with him, and he just did said nothing. Yeah. It's so, and he, he made it explicit. I'm not going to ask for the hands of all these women. I'm only going to ask for the hands of the mm-hmm. hand of one woman, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell all these women I'm in love with them. And I bet you next week he only sleeps with Rachel. Do you think so? Oh, Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. I bet you he only sleeps with Rachel. Maybe he sleeps with none of them, but I would find that to be shocking. He's mm-hmm. kind of like a, I don't know how to say this without swearing, an F-boy. Mm-hmm. Seems to have like an F-boy style in some ways. He he's does, like, yeah. Likes TikTok dancing and stuff. But I bet you he only sleeps with Rachel.
1: Wow, this is a big prediction that you're making. Yeah,
0: and, and it's hard to tell because they won't necessarily say
1: it. No, they don't. But they will say if they didn't, I think.
0: Yeah, they might. They might. Uh, yeah,
1: it's always hard to tell.
0: Right, because, um, like, for example, Nick Viall, this was you know long time ago but on Nick Viall's season. He says he did not sleep with Raven. But Raven's whole story going into the, the fantasy suite said that she'd never had an orgasm. And after the date was over, after the fantasy suite's date was over, she was like, Nick gave me an orgasm. And so it's like, well... I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he did. And they didn't have sex. I don't know. But he says they didn't have sex and they made it seem like they had like a ton of sex. So it's hard to say what's true or false. But I'm guessing Mm -hmm. he's trying to keep himself. He's trying to keep himself from admitting feelings to anyone else because he's already picked Rachel.
1: Yeah. I don't. I I think you're right. Even though I'm hesitant to straight up say Rachel's going to be the winner. Yeah. Um, I do believe that's going to be the case. Well, you bet I your dog don't on it. I so. necessarily want it to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> and I really love my dog, so I want to keep her around. <laughs> but um, he is being extremely explicit in how mm-hmm. he expresses his feelings for Rachel. And these other women, because they can't see what we see, mm-hmm. are basically accepting the crumbs that he's giving them. Like when Michelle said... I think I'm falling in love with you, and he smiled. And then she kissed her. She responded that, yeah, she was happy that he responded with a smile.
0: A confirming like, smile.
1: You have no idea what he's saying to these other women, because that wouldn't make you happy if you could see
0: what we see. Yep. Um, Bree said it as well.
1: She said mm-hmm. she's falling
0: in love, and he just smiled and, and kissed her. Twice, he didn't say Well, they, say they pushed back.
1: them to say that on the bench right after the hometown uh-huh. date. Uh-huh. Like, sit down and tell him you love him now. um, You better do this
0: before he leaves. Extremely
1: forced and awkward as well. Yeah,
0: it is. So I don't want to, like, really get into the whole of each hometown. Yeah. Because I don't think we need to. Sure. Um, But let's talk about Serena's exit. Last week we talked about this, like, how Serena's obviously not that into him.
1: Yep. And this week she confirmed.
0: Yeah, and I had some... By
1: saying, I'm just not that into you. Yeah, exactly.
0: I had some complaints last week that they edited her weirdly. But I think they already knew what they were going to show us on the hometown, so they Mm -hmm. edited it weirdly to kind of give us a build-up toward it, um, which makes sense. But her family, first of all, I think in Serena's hometown, what's interesting about this is like, i th- I think it's cool to know things about people before we go meet their family. I think it's helpful, and mm-hmm. like when we saw when we met Bree's mom, it was like, oh yeah, Bree's mom is really young she's like thirty seven yeah. and she has a new baby. I'm so glad that we knew that because Bree told us on date one we didn't yeah. from from looking back at my notes we didn't really know a ton about Serena's family going into it Mm-mm. nor did we know much about Michelle's family no. but like like, for example, I, I think Serena is Indian, like of Indian descent. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. I think so. I, but I had no idea going into this family date if that's the case.
1: Right, right.
0: And not that it matters at all, but I do think it adds to some of, like, who she is as, sure. a, as a person. For Definitely. us to have some sense of that. Definitely. And th- this is, like, me as the viewer, I'm still not Sure. Right. I'm making some guesses. I'm making some guesses based on the fact that her name her mom's name is Rasna Mm -hmm. Um, and just like based on the way they look. And I'm like, you know what would be cool is if like we weren't being weird about talking about this stuff because they've been so weird uh, all the whole season about this. Like, oh, we're going to take this colorblind approach where we never acknowledge anyone's features or their background. But like it matters because that's how Serena is read by the world. Right. And so yes. Matt her place in the world is, is like she doesn't she doesn't walk around neutral. No, no. And they
1: again, you know, they are taking the time to highlight black stories and black lives in their kind of weird convoluted way that they're doing it. But You're right about the fact that they haven't really given us any details about the other women of color's background, you know, other than the black contestants, um, which to me, you know, speaks to the way that they just are completely in over their heads trying to handle issues around race. And, you know, maybe the bachelor and the bachelorette should just stick to what they do well.
0: Mm Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is white love?
0: Which is white love? Which is white, hetero, pretty love?
1: White, pretty people,
0: hetero, able-bodied. Stupid.
1: <laughs> what else? Rich.
0: Just not like very shallow. A lot of Victorias.
1: Shallow love, you know, and that's that's what we fell in love with. It is the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. That's that's why we're here.
0: <laughs> it seems like to me. It seems like they were like, okay, we don't want to define anybody by. Trying to create something that isn't there. Okay, so we're not going to, like, really highlight Serena's background or anything like that. Because, okay, we're not going to go all the way to, like, putting her in some ethnic dress that doesn't belong to her family and making her do this. So instead of going that gross direction, they just completely ignored the fact that she's not, like, her dad is white, I think. And yeah, her mom is so maybe Indian and we yeah. don't know anything else. And she just I mean, doesn't get like she does doesn't get to share anything besides the fact that she's Canadian. I
1: mean yeah, like,
0: But it's more complex for her than that because she's literally walking around as a as a Canadian person in brown skin and she gets to, like we get to explore more about her than just being Canadian. Yeah, definitely.
1: I was thinking that the entire time as they started her date and they started with the Canadian national anthem. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, they're going to focus her entire story now and her date on her national identity as a Canadian, right. where, when, as you're pointing out, can't, Canadians are not a cultural monolith. And, you know, I'm sure, I mean, could you imagine if somebody, and we do this all the time, you know, we do this with U.S. national identity, too, where we try to paint it with one broad stroke, right. But we know that folks in you know, black folks in New York City as opposed to even black folks in Florida are living entirely different realities and, and it's really or like um, a, kinda reckless. Yes. Oh hundred percent you know, to paint folks with one broad stroke like that.
0: Or like a black person whose parents are from Ethiopia. Exactly. Like like born and raised there. like exactly. Like and we don't even know, so we just don't have any frame of reference for her story. So I'm not asking the bachelor to be like, okay, but where are you really from? I'm not asking them to go do that that weird version where you're like, okay, but you're only because you're not white, you must only be defined by your ethnic origins. No, but no. give us something so that we feel like we know Serena so that she has a chance to be the Bachelorette. You know what I'm saying? So like, my only point is to say that there has to be a happy medium between completely ignoring someone's family makeup and completely exploiting it. Mm. So to avoid exploiting it, they're ignoring it. And it's mm. weird and it's uncomfortable. And I don't but really understand funny. it because on, t- on Tayshia's season when we got to see Ivan, they like really sat down and explored what does it mean for a family to have somebody in it who is was in- incarcerated. We got to hear from him. We got to learn about him, the brother. And then, like, now it's like they just stopped doing that. Well,
1: you know, they're okay with doing it with the black contestants, again. You know, they're, mm-hmm. o- they're okay doing with black contestants that have lived some sort of tragedy mm-hmm. or that have yes. overcome some sort of struggle. And maybe Serena sees family, A, you're right. They did not. They gave us nothing. Yeah. They gave us basically nothing about her background. But maybe some of these families are like, we're not going to let you do that to us.
0: Well, and maybe they just did, weren't interested in the stories of Joy. They're like, mm. oh, something we'd like to do growing up is XYZ. It's like, oh, well, that sounds too fun. We're not mm-hmm. going to talk about that on the show.
1: Wait, you're, y'all Canadian, right? Yeah. Exactly. We'll do that. Let's do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then Serena's like, her sister was amazing. Because when Mm -hmm. she sat down with her sister and her sister was like, look, I can tell you like the guy, but is it really, is he the one? I don't think he's the one. And Serena was like, really, you don't? She's like, no, buddy, it's not happening. I thought that was so cool because she was very straightforward. She was very direct without being critical of her sister. That's right. She was like, yeah, I've seen you be in love and it doesn't look the same. And I, I really
1: appreciated that too. I loved seeing those two interact as opposed to seeing Rachel and her father interact. Oh, God. Because also from Serena's perspective, when Serena was asking her sister, you could see, like, a genuine desire to hear her sister's thoughts, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas where Rachel was just looking for affirmation, mm-hmm. and as she wasn't getting it, she, you know, cut her father off, interrupted him, and tried to convince him otherwise. Mm-hmm. Serena C. said, I really want to know what you think about him. Like, what are you seeing? And it, and it felt genuine. Serena P., by the way. It, Serena P. Oh, I'm it sorry. Doesn't, it doesn't
0: really matter. It doesn't really matter. I just want you You to know know, Serena C is gone. (laughs)
1: Yeah, long gone, right? You know me in names. But um, also, I always find it very funny that I haven't done this first name, last initial thing since like kindergarten. Remember we used to do this back in kindergarten at first? You're Ryan M and you're Ryan S. Yes, yes. And now we do it all the time, which Mm -hmm. is very kind of silly and juvenile to me. But um, yeah, Serena P and Serena P's sister seemed to have a very honest relationship with yeah. oh, her. Oh, yeah, other.
0: and very trusting, which says a lot yeah. about the relationship between Rachel and her dad, which obviously does not function that way. It's, it mm-hmm. felt to me like Rachel's used to being the obstinate teenager where she's like, no, Daddy, I know what I want. You don't get to tell me. And, that and if they tr- gave <laughs> us
1: more time, we could have definitely seen that. Yes. But we're only getting sound bites and... The fact that the soundbite is telling us that much about her, just wait until you're in a full full relationship, full relationship with her, you 100%. know?
0: So Serena sends herself home. I thought it was really good that she did that. I mean, obviously Matt didn't Heck love yeah. her anyway, so I thought it was a little weird that he reacted like that. I wish he would have just said, you know what, you're right, I, can, I know I'm not your person and like... I really, really like you, but I don't think you're my person either. So I'm glad that this... I'm glad that we've been able to talk you... about this. But instead, he just acted like, too bad, because I was going to pick you. <laughs> it's like, bro, you were not.
1: I know. You were not. You nut. know why he reacted like that? Why? First of all, with the too bad, I was probably going to pick you. And then when he came in at the rose ceremony and gave all the women a lecture... Yeah. ...based on Serena P's actions... Yeah. ...um... She stepped on his ego. Yes, You're she did. You're not supposed to did. do this, especially this far into. He kept you to the final four. How dare you? And how he was he was going to exactly. cut her anyway, but whatever. Exactly, but that's he, he gets to make those decisions. Yeah. He's not supposed to be dumped, and I think he was very, as my students used to say, butthurt.
0: Yes, he was definitely butthurt. <laughs> I loved, I loved the what he said to. Serena, which is easily the least romantic thing I've ever heard, he said, without a doubt, you're the person I've spent the most time with. <laughs> I was like, and bro, that what does that mean? Like, so she's supposed to be endeared to you because she's had to go on two dates with you. It's he not always- gonna happen. He
1: always does that. He'll make statements that are supposed that the women are supposed to read as he really likes me, but they're very hollow. Like, like when he I've said, spent
0: the most time
1: with you? Right. What the heck? During the Yesenia MJ drama, mm-hmm. when he told I think it was during one of his interviews, he said, Well, Yesenia's given me no reason not to trust her. <laughs> and that but that wasn't just him saying, um, this is why I trust Yasenia. That was him. Describing why he was interested in her.
0: Right. I know. I know. I, I know like, it's so bizarre. You
1: know that doesn't mean much, right? No. Like you're not actually saying that you like her. No. You're
0: just saying that she's a trustworthy person. Or she's more trustworthy than some other people in the, mm-hmm. the room mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some other stars of the show of this okay. episode. Uh Bree's mom. Yeah. When we first found out about Bree's story, we found out that her mom was 13 when she got pregnant, right? super young. She raised her alone. She did not have any help. And oh, I'm sure she had help from her parents, but she didn't have help from Bree's biological dad. And then that in the last year, she's gotten married to someone else and had yep. a baby. So now Bree has this younger sister. And that right. Bree told us on the first date that she had that she felt left out of this new family situation. So it was cool. Like, I felt like it was really rewarding to meet Bree's mom after hearing so much about her and then seeing how awesome she is mm-hmm. and how she was, like, so discerning mm-hmm. and not so sure about this whole situation with Matt. She could tell. I think mm-hmm. she could tell Matt wasn't going to pick Bree. But mm-hmm. what she said to Bree about, like, in the end, it'll be you and me going through heartbreak together. Like, that that's the worst that can happen. That's Okay. That was I actually so got sweet. chills
1: just listening to you repeat that because that was a moment. You know, we talked last week about how I love meeting families. Me too. I love the hometown week. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, when they do this on reality shows. And um, that was such a beautiful sentiment. And you could tell that she meant it. Yeah. Um, she said... Worst case scenario, we're mending a broken heart together, but we will survive. Ugh. And I was just like, yes, mama. I mean, yes, we will. Think
0: about how much her mom has overcome. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I'm guessing how many relationships has she gone through where she has had to be. us. She's already a single mom. She's That's young. Right. And so she's met, I'm sure, plenty of people who played her wrong because That's right. it's art it's very hard to date already as a single parent, especially as a very, very young single parent. Right. Um, trying to support your child. So I'm sure she has been through many a heartbreak on her own. That's right. Ugh, I just loved her and I loved everything about it. And I love the baby. It, the baby was beautiful. <laughs> the baby was so tired. She was like, It is oh. midnight, you need to put me to bed. <laughs> I'm screaming.
1: But, you know, I just love the way that Brie's mother, she can see from her side, the mother's side, from her perspective, again, as somebody who's been through heartbreak, um, where Brie is right now. Mm-hmm. She sees it in her eyes. She sees it in the way that she talks about him. And she's not trying to talk her out of it. Right. She's like, if this is an experience that you need to live, you you live that experience. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, I've Been here, and even though there have been points, and obviously, I'm adding a lot to what she said, but even though there have been points in my life where I thought, Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this time, you know, heartbreak has been can be that devastating where you're Mm -hmm. like, Dang, I think this is it. Um, but for her to say, A, I'm gonna support you if this is something that you're gonna go through, and B, I'm not going to deter you or try to talk you out of pursuing this because you get to do that as a young woman in love.
0: You know what I mean? And also... Like, again, we're, we're adding a lot of sentiment to right, that she didn't right. say. But also, like, and you get to do that because I went through all of this to make sure that you could be the kind of person who gets to make these choices at 24 because right. I didn't have those choices. Right. Not because you were a burden to me, but because I didn't have those choices. That's and so right. I've spent my life trying to help you make those choices. Great. Please make those choices. Like, have the freedom that you deserve at 24 that I maybe didn't have access to because I had an 11-year-old.
1: <laughs> right. It was definitely the highlight of the episode. Highlight
0: of the episode.
1: And I loved how she kept asking Matt explicitly, Do you love her? Yeah. Are you falling in love with her? And he couldn't he answer. Said her, really. He couldn't answer, but at one point she got him to say, Absolutely. But his tone was like that. Yeah. It was like the inflection was a little bit off. It was strange. You could tell he'd been backed into a corner where it was like, Yo, Check yes or
0: no. I feel like you can see him negotiating Rachel watching the show back. And mm. maybe that's thinking too deeply into this, but I feel like when I'm watching him at these hometowns, he was being so cognizant of what he says on camera about who he's in love with, because I really think he's trying to save himself for Rachel. He's trying that's to save Matt. the true love
1: for her. But that's Matt James, though. Yeah, it is. Also. Yes. He's a...
0: He's a showman. Yes. A, That's what I mean. Know? He's so aware of how it looks.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, okay. Definitely. Other other all-stars of the episode, obviously the Zoom kids, the kids on Zoom.
1: Oh, very sweet.
0: So cute. Loved it. <laughs> I was Zoom trying to kids. see if I recognized any of them. <laughs> were you?
1: Did you see? Didn't no, recognize? no. I was like,
0: anyone's kids I know? No. I thought it was really cute that they were wearing No, that team... was very cute. Yeah, those team Miss Young sweatshirts were really cute. I've never been that
1: comfortable. I mean, I love my students, but I've never been so comfortable with my students that I'd be like all hogged up on a dude that I just started dating and no, like kissing no. I and I was out. thinking I'm like, about that too, like I was touching. Like, wow, they're very comfortable.
0: I wouldn't even touch like my husband in front of my students cuz I no. was like you don't need to know me that way. Mm-mm. But I never had elementary were- school. You and I always taught slightly older kids, so that might That's- be why. That's true. And when, the year I did teach
1: elementary school, when I was dating people, I wouldn't let them come in the classroom or anything. No, no.
0: No. Like, you know, I always, like, I taught high school and middle school, and high schoolers especially, mm-hmm. I would not, like, I remember I chaperoned prom, and I invited Josh, and we weren't, we were dating, but we weren't married. And okay. um, they were like, oh my God, dance together, dance together. And I was like, you know what? No. I'm good. You little weirdos. You freaks. (laughs) You're all (laughs) trying to... (laughs) They're all trying to calculate if we're going to get engaged. And I'm like, you don't need to be in my life to that extent.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, So to see Michelle, like, very
0: open and very... Michelle has got it bad. She does have it bad. And I'm so sad for her heartbreak that she's going to experience. But let's hope it means that she becomes the Bachelorette. Because I'm hearing word on the wind, and I don't know for sure that they are not going to choose Katie. Oh. Okay, so normally I try to stay really really spoiler free. It has been so difficult this season because of the levels of controversy. Because if you're trying to read about one thing, yep. you can accidentally read about another. Yeah. Twitter Twitter is full of spoilers this season. So so many. So what I'm mm-hmm. reading on the wind is that they did announce Katie as Bachelorette on the Women Tell All, but they're not going to show that because they're not going to choose her as Bachelorette. I have no idea if that's true. Why on earth would they do that? Maybe they're going to choose Michelle or Brie.
1: Oh. But uh, why would they change their minds is because, my question.
0: Well, because they're having a problem with race. So I, that's what I'm thinking is that people are – so this is why – so I guess we'll have to see what comes of this, right? Because – if it's a Band-Aid, I don't want to be using a person.
1: No, we don't want Michelle to have to Michelle, fill that Yeah, Michelle
0: or Brie, who are both... To make ABC, inc- The right.
1: Bachelor, feel better about themselves. Exactly,
0: exactly. So I am gonna, I want to see more than just that. But I don't know yeah. what's going to happen. I don't know. Next week, we're going to find out who's Michelle- the Women Tell All. I guess we'll find out what they announce then. Right. I don't know. I just
1: want Michelle to just... Find love.
0: I know. In Edina, right? Like, in... Yeah. The, I just want her to be Or here. wherever.
1: <laughs> I want her you know, to stay here. Maybe as she goes on her post-bachelor tour, she meets somebody in the Big Apple Maybe or LA she or... meets
0: Mike Johnson from the Bachelorette Maybe she past, does. And they would maybe be a good couple. Maybe she meets Ivan. Ooh, what? Ivan's a little young for her, to be honest.
1: Don't say anything about Ivan.
0: I mean, he's not even that young. He's just like, he seems less mature than she does in that regard. Don't you think... I feel like Michelle is a mature beyond her years. Okay, but Ivan is <laughs> Ivan is
1: a Ivan has a wise soul. Yeah, no,
0: you're right. No, this Ivan right. is Ivan is
1: very right. emotionally intelligent. I
0: think I've learned. I've like I've seen. Ivan on some social media so much since the show that now oh he seems younger to me because he's doing oh. a lot of like. Um, but he's got a great social media presence. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I take it all back. I love Ivan. Okay, okay, my last, my last, my last, truly my last highlight of the episode was Michelle's dad. Ephraim or Ephraim, I'm, they never actually said his name out loud, but they put it on this his chiron. Mm-hmm. What a guy! Yeah. What a guy!
1: Yeah, he was great. Um, Adopt
0: me, like I want you to be my dad. Like I'm a great dad, but I could go for another one. You know what I mean? <laughs> what a great yeah. guy! You could see that they had a
1: real cool, like solid bond.
0: He was just like so thoughtful the way he talked about her, and also they yeah. looked like twins.
1: Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> see where she gets her her looks from. Mm-hmm. And you could, she was very openly vulnerable with mm-hmm.
0: him. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: you could just—they were transparent with one another. It seemed. Yes. And yeah, he just seemed like somebody she could really rely on to tell her how it is. Yes, and, and, and also give her, her
0: space to grow and give yep. her space to make mistakes. Yeah. <sighs> okay, this is the last thing I'm going to say. I promise. <laughs> I, there's so oh. much more I could say about this episode because a lot happened. I mean, I'm here. I know. I know. But, you know, it's like we shouldn't make the episode longer than an hour. That's what I try to keep it under an hour every week, and we never there's quite hit so it. There's so much I know. to say. Um, is that we, we got this tidbit about Michelle that I'm wondering if we're going to learn more about, which is that two years ago, something really bad happened to her. I looked back through all my notes on Michelle, and I have no record of what that was. Me neither. I, just, it sounds like a really bad breakup. It does. But I'm like, but was she cheated on? Hmm. What, Like, what happened? We never got the full story. So I'm curious if we're going to get more of that story next week during, if she's going to tell him some of that during the yeah. fantasy suite. You know,
1: it was Michelle who revealed that she had been through a really rough situation a couple years ago. And Serena also. And I was just kind of... Um, drawn to the fact that these women were still very much affected by whatever that yeah. had been. Yeah. And not to say that that's a good or bad thing. It was just something that I noticed that right. they're still carrying the aftermath of uh-huh. that very uh-huh. heavily because there was a lot of tears as they were rehashing.
0: Yeah. So I want to know more about what that is. Serena's, I felt like it was... Yeah. She She's just... Yeah. It seemed like a similar thing where she got really hurt by a previous relationship, but we don't know why. A hundred percent. We don't know why. But one She thing did I- say... On her date, she did mention that. Um, Yeah. She said that there was a previous relationship with some uh, infidelity. Mm. But, yeah, we really didn't get a ton else from that. The
1: one thing I can't stand on reality shows that revolve around dating, or just life, actually. Yeah. (laughs) The one thing I can't stand is when people act as if being hurt is a unique experience. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I know, especially in relationships, because exactly. most of them end, right? Except for the right. one that doesn't.
1: <laughs> or, and their families will say, well, so-and-so has been hurt before, so I'm here to make sure that that doesn't happen Like, again. we've all and been it's hurt. Like, we've all been there. I mean, and not to, like, water down their whatever feeling. Michelle went through right. or Serena went through, but I just don't like when people... Put that at the center of the conversation as if they're the only ones that have overcome a breakup
0: i totally agree with you 100 you know? okay you know we can talk about this so much more i have so much more to say like why are they always on pelotons you know what's <laughs> going on with that um, um <laughs> did anybody else notice matt praying on a rock it doesn't matter that's all for another time okay next time we're going to talk about it next time. Next week, we get to talk about Fantasy Suites, which, or, sorry, not Fantasy Suites, M- Women Tell All, which is my least favorite episode of the season. So uh, let's just get through it so we can get so to So buckle our, up buckle and up. get ready
1: for us to...
0: Buckle up to make, for Victoria to make herself look like a victim and for us to just absolutely trash her.
1: Well, I, for one, I'm not trash... I will not. You know I won't trash Victoria, but... Because
0: <laughs> she's a great I actress. I'm so
1: happy to see her back. <laughs> I've missed her.
0: And I'm actually really
1: looking forward to that.
0: Well, listeners, we can't wait to hear what you're looking forward to. Um, And you can send us a message at YouGetARose on Instagram, YouGetARose on Twitter, at YouGetARose on Twitter, YouGetARose on Facebook, or hello at YouGetARose.com. And we'll catch you next week for Women Tell All. Bye. I've been your host, Hannah. And I've been your host, Jay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. For more on the show, visit YouGetARose.com. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at You YouGetARose Rose. You get a Rose is a podcast from My Talk 1071. Here more great podcasts on MyTalk1071.com.